This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Merry Christmas, even though it's after Christmas. If the decorations are still up, I feel it's like okay to still say Merry Christmas to you. I love Christmas, and I'm always kind of sad when we put everything away. Um, But I hope you had a wonderful time with your families the last few days and just enjoy Christmas together. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know, many of you are aware, um, my mom passed away unexpectedly a couple weeks ago, and I just want to say thank you to all of you all for your support, for your prayers. Our family just really, really appreciates that, and thank you so much for um, for just supporting us, and, and we just feel you guys are our family here in Tulsa, so we're just so, so appreciative to you for that. Um, this Sunday has been on... The book's for me to speak for a while, and when everything happened with my mom, Pastor Chris said, are you sure, are you you sure you're okay to preach? And I said, you know what, God has um, really given me something that he wants me to share, and he wants me to share it today. So here we are, and we're going to get after it. So I'm actually very excited to be here this morning to share what God has put on my heart for you all and for myself as well. So, um, So thank you so much for being here today. The last Sunday of 2020. It's finally here. It's felt like it's been like five years, right? One, I know, yes, we can definitely clap for that. So exciting, very excited to be able to speak to you on the last Sunday of 2020. And I think my favorite thing, if you could if you say if there's a favorite thing about 2020, is all the funny memes I've seen on social media this year. I have a friend who said she's collecting them all, and I would really like to see that collection. But I wanted to share a couple of them with you this morning. So here's the first one. From the classic Back to the Future. I hope I'm not dating myself too much. My kids have seen it, so, so I don't feel too, too bad about that. But yeah, pick any year. It doesn't matter. Just don't enter 2020. Now, this, this movie came out in 1985. I was very, very, very young when it came out. And so um, I probably didn't watch it until it was like no, 10 years old or something. The movie was 10 years old, not I was 10 years old. But we, so we showed it to our kids uh, probably a month or so ago. And I really found it entertaining because it's set in 85, but they go 30 years into the future, which is 2015. And if you've ever seen it, their idea of 2015 was really funny. Now here in 2020, looking at it and the flying cars, and they had the, the shoes that you put on, they lace themselves up, you just push a little button. Uh, clothes, if your clothes are wet, you push a button and they're just like air dried. We don't have any of that yet. So maybe another 30 years. I don't know. But I just think it's a pretty, pretty great movie and funny kind of looking at it at afterwards. The other meme that I want to share with you is this one. I'm beginning to think hindsight is 2020 was a message from a future time traveler that we all misunderstood. So I really like this one a lot. And it actually was kind of the inspiration for my sermon title as I had to explain to my seventh grader what hindsight is 2020 means. So if you're in that boat, don't be embarrassed. I'll go ahead and just share with you what it means so you don't have to ask your neighbor. But that, that idea that as we look back on things, we can always see them with, with 2020 vision. We can always see it perfectly when we look back on a situation of how we should have responded or how we should have reacted or that's what was going on there. And so a lot of times that's what happens. And so today we're going to say hindsight in 2020. So we're going to look at 2020 from a backwards view and look back on it. Before we kick it to the curb and move on to 2021, we want to take some time and look back on 2020. And you know, as we just finished our unexpected Christmas series, and as Pastor Chris mentioned many times during the last month, this 2020 has been unexpected unexpected for all of us in lots of different ways. 
And besides just the normal things you encounter in any given year, we had a pandemic on top of it. And we had a political um, year and all kinds of like, all kinds of things going on. And it wasn't even that you could say it was one thing after another, but I have a little, a little uh, visual here for you to take a look at. It was more like this. Not just one thing after another, but everything all tangled up together in one big mess. Does this stress anybody else out seeing this? Okay, so just when you, when you clean up your Christmas decorations, either today or tomorrow or next month, I mean, hey, whatever, February, I don't know. Whenever you do it, I would suggest that you loop them together somehow. If you just wrap them up and stick them in the box like that, I promise you they're not going to look like that when you open that box up again. So your future self will thank you. if you do. I don't know how it happens. It's a mystery of life. You can be super careful with the box. You open it, and they're just all tangled up again. So this is what 2020 has felt like. You've got over here, you've got like, you've got the pandemic, and you've got an election year over here. You've got um, the racial tensions been going on. And then somewhere in the middle, you've got the murder hornets, which apparently didn't really gain a lot of traction, but it apparently was a thing, so it's in there somewhere too. But all this stuff, and you can just feel like it's a big mess, and you don't even know how to, how to react to it, how to respond to it. But today, I don't want to look at all of the things that 2020 brought us. I want us to look at our hearts and see how we responded to it. And so that is the focus that we're going to take this morning, is how did you respond to 2020? What was your reaction to it? And so this morning, I'd like to invite you and really challenge you a little bit to look back on some moments in your life of 2020 and really look at how you reacted, how you responded to it. And let the Holy Spirit show you your response, because the Bible's very clear that we should handle difficulties different than non-believers. We should handle things in a different way than people who don't believe in Jesus. I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. This one is in 1 Peter 2.11. It says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. This scripture reminds us that we should handle temptations to sin different than people who don't belong to Jesus. And we should handle them in a completely different way than they do. And the next scripture is 1 Peter 3.15. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason the hope that you have. And this verse reminds us that we should handle struggles and difficulties different than the world around us, so much so that non-believers will see us and see that there's a difference of how we respond, and they can ask us, and then that's a, a chance for us to share the light of the Lord with people. And so keeping those two verses in mind that we are called to respond differently, okay, it's hard enough to do in a regular year. But this year has been extremely difficult for that to do. And so I want to take you on a journey with me this morning. And it might be uncomfortable for you. It was very uncomfortable for me as I was planning this message. But I really want to encourage you to let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart this morning and let him shine a light on the areas of your life that he really wants to invade this morning. Because I really, truly believe that this morning, the last Sunday of 2020, could be a new way of living for all of us. But we've got to be open. 
to the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts. So before we begin, I just want to pray over us. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place right now, and we ask that you would speak, that every one of our hearts would be open to hear what you want to say, that you would shine the light of your love and your presence into our hearts, that we'd be open to be changed and transformed by the power of your Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you've all heard the phrase, the straw that broke the camel's back. Just that one thing that just doesn't seem like a big thing, but it becomes a really big thing. There's a movie I do not recommend you watch. I must, I must have seen it in my early years, or maybe I saw the TV version part, so it's called Tommy Boy. And it's the main character, is he's not a smart person. And his father passes away, and his father is in charge of a company that sells, I think, brake pads or something like that. Um, auto parts. Okay. I'm sure you've never seen the movie. You just guessed, right? Good guess. So anyway, so he is, so he's traveling around the, the country trying to carry on his dad's business and sell all these things. And he's not doing well. He's, like I said, he's not super bright. And he's having a real big problem. He's just connecting with people, selling. So it's had a, he's had a real rough day. And he goes outside of a building and he sits on a park bench and it breaks. And he says, well, I could have done without that. And I've thought about that phrase many times this year. Well, I could have done without that. I think I've said it many times. And, and so it's the same idea. What is the thing that's happened to you this year where you're like, well, I could have done without that. Or it doesn't seem like a big thing, but when you add it all up, it just is enough to make you want to lose your mind. And so I had several of those things this year, and they all kind of revealed a couple things about my heart. One of the things that revealed for me is that I don't like change. I really like things to stay the same. Um, I could work the same job forever. I could have my house decorated the same way forever. I just don't like change. And so when all of a sudden my kids were not in school anymore, that's a big change. And they were home all the time, all the time. And it was a huge change to my routine and my schedule and my husband's schedule. And it was just, it was difficult. Um, but then we got used to it. And then all of a sudden they were back in school. And believe it or not, that was hard for me too, because it was change. And some people thought I was crazy. And like, why are you upset? They're, aren't you excited? I'm like, I, not really, because I don't like change very much. And just so that was something that I kind of had to work through this year because there was a lot of change happening in 2020, a lot. Another thing that I realized I have a problem with is I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. Anybody else like to have a plan and you like to follow it? And when you don't know what's, ha- what's, going, on, what's going on, you kind of feel a little anxious or nervous. Well, all of 2020 was like that. And I don't know how many times someone asked me a question about something and my answer was like, I don't know. You know, even here, we, we do a lot of big events for kids. Well, what, what is, what's mega camp going to look like? I don't know. What's kids camp going to look like? I don't know. Um, what's Sunday going to look like? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Even my kids ask me a question. I don't, I don't know. And I've never answered that, that with that phrase more than I have this year. But the thing that, that there's a problem with me, some people can do that. They can just, well, we'll just, we'll figure out when we get there. That's not, I'm not wired that way. I like to know exactly what's going to happen when I get there how long it's going to take, what it's going to look like. And none of that was a possibility in 2020. And so for me, the temptation to feel anxious, worried, nervous, unsettled was really a strong temptation. And sometimes we get to parts where we just feel scared because we really don't know what's going to happen. 
And so those kinds of things were things that I really struggled with this year. Those were kind of my straw moments, the straw that broke the camel's back moments for me. And I want to ask you, what is your straw this year? What was the thing for you that just kind of made you want to lose your mind? Maybe it's one or two things. Maybe it's a whole hay bales worth of things where you just kind of, you just kind of had that, I'm done, I quit. I could have done without that. I could have done without that. I could have done without that. And it, you just had those moments where you just, it was just too much. You couldn't handle it. You couldn't take it. And I want you to, don't be afraid this morning to let the Holy Spirit shine a light on those places in our hearts this morning. Because he wants to do something special. He wants to do something big in our lives. And I really feel like this could be a brand new way of living for us this morning. But we've got to be open to the presence of the Spirit for us to be able to experience this in our lives. So we know the scriptures scriptures I read before that encourage us and remind us that we're supposed to be different than the world around us. We're supposed to react, respond, love, care for people, all of it different than the world around us. And we've had some time now to kind of look at ourselves and realize some places we didn't maybe look different in our reactions and responses. But the question that we come against then is how do we respond differently? How are we supposed to respond differently? Because the thing is, we're not superheroes. We don't have superpowers, super strength, super patience. We don't have those kinds of abilities. We're also not robots. We're not built without emotions and feelings and opinions. We have those things. God created us with emotions so that we can respond to the world around us. But how are we supposed to respond differently than the world around us? And the answer to that question is going to be found today for us. We're going to look at the life of Ezekiel. We're going to look at a special vision that God gave Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet to Israel during a really hard time in their, in their lives. They were in a very, very hopeless situation. They had been carried away from their land to captivity in Babylon, and they were away from their families, some of them. They were away from their, their homes, and they were very, very, very hopeless. And they even cried out about their hopelessness. In Ezekiel thirty-seven eleven, they had said, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So that's a pretty hopeless situation they found themselves in. And it was in that moment of their life that God spoke to Ezekiel. And he spoke to Ezekiel in a very, very powerful vision. And I want to share it with you this morning. It's kind of a long passage. So we're going to go through this vision little by little. And then we're going to go back and kind of look at what it, had, what it can say to us and what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us through this story today. So we're going to be in Ezekiel chapter 37, and if you have a Bible, you can follow along. If not, it'll be on the screen for you. But Ezekiel 37, 1 through 3 says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. So let's just picture this for a moment. There's a valley full of bones, not skeletons, but bones that are just apart from each other, and they're scattered all over the place. Now, if you think about a picture that would help you understand this, think about if you had hundreds of thousands of boxes of jigsaw puzzles, and someone just dumped the contents out all over the place. It would be a mess. You wouldn't know where to start, which pieces go with what pieces. It would just be disorder and chaos. Okay, now picture that only instead of puzzle pieces, you have human bones. Okay, so not only do you have disorder, you have chaos. Now you have devastation, you have death. 
Okay, and and the Jewish people they had a special ways of how they would handle dead bodies. So this had to have been very traumatic for Ezekiel to see this. It says he walked back and forth among the valley, and it was just full of bones scattered everywhere. And not only were they bones, but they were dry bones. So this means that they weren't just from dead bodies; they were way dead. They were long dead. Okay, super dead. If you can be, if you can imagine that. Okay. They had been there a long time. So when God asks Ezekiel, um, he says, Son of man, can these bones live? Even Ezekiel, he's not able to pull up his, you know, prophet's chin and say, yes, Lord, I know they can. He says, sovereign Lord, you, you know. It's kind of him saying, I don't know. Okay. And so, so, but, so the chance of resurrection for these bones was very, very slim. And yet, God commands Ezekiel, to prophesy to the bones. In verses 4 and six, four through 6, Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so Ezekiel does this prophesies to the bones. And then something happens that sounds more like it should be a Halloween message than a Christmas message. Verses 7 and 8, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. So there's a physical change happening. All of these bones somehow finding their way to where they're supposed to be, and not only are that, but now they're growing tendons and flesh. So Ezekiel is basically watching the decomposition process in reverse. He is seeing life coming back into these bones. And, and so here they are, and, and, and they're, this is an amazing miracle. And this is a lot of times where the part of the story that we really focus on. Okay? And there's even that song, Rattle, which I love that song. It's an amazing song. The focus here is on the bones coming back together and the flesh and the tendons and everything coming back together. But, but there's something else still missing. And if we just stop there, we just have a bunch of dead bodies that are laying on the valley floor. Something else has to happen because in, in, at the end of verse 8, it says there was no breath in them. They were still dead bodies. And so, so in verses 9 and 10, this is what God says. It says, then, then God said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood upon their feet, a vast army. They needed breath from God so that they could live again and to walk in the plans that they had for him, for them. And so the Hebrew word here for breath can also mean wind or spirit. And a lot of times in the Bible, wind is symbolic of the Holy Spirit's presence. And so the difference here between life and death in these bodies was the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. And once that breath of the Spirit entered them, then they were alive. They were no longer dead lifeless bodies, but they were living, breathing bodies, but not just living, breathing bodies. They were effective bodies. They were ready to do what they were called to do. They were ready to, to, to move into the plans that God had for them. Now, this prophecy points to a time when the Israelites would one day be free from their captivity in Babylon. 
It finds its ultimate fulfillment, though, in the presence and the power and the coming of Jesus. When Jesus comes and he defeats sin forever by his death on the cross, and that he will one day come and establish his kingdom and fully resurrect all of us from the effects of sin on us. But we're going to look at this, um, at this vision together a little bit in light of our own lives here and now, because we can look at it to see how God desires to work in our lives here. And so we look at ourselves here in 2020 in the light of everything we've been through this year, all the fear and the worry and the anxiety and the uncertainty and the sadness that's plagued us throughout the year. We can look at this. And, and a lot of times, if we go through these moments in our lives, we can find ourselves, and maybe you're in this place, in a place of hopelessness, a place of complete and total hopelessness. Maybe you feel dry and defeated and lifeless. And Matthew Henry describes this experience really well in his commentary of Ezekiel. He says, when troubles continue long, hopes have been often frustrated. It is not strange if the spirits sink and nothing but an active faith in the power, promise, and providence of God will keep them from quite dying away. So we can go through trouble and we can go through heartache and hopelessness so much that it becomes who we, who we are and how we identify ourselves. And this is kind of what he's saying, that, that only the presence of God is what keeps us, our bones, from drying up and dying away. And so maybe this is how you felt this year. You felt beaten down and defeated by your troubles. You feel hopeless. You feel dry. You feel lifeless. And this morning, God wants to put your heart back together again. And he wants to resurrect your hope in him, your hope in his presence, your hope in his promises. And it's kind of like the act of those dry bones coming back together again. But we can't stop there. Or else we're just like those dead bodies that are just lying there without breath in them. You see, we need to have the breath of the Spirit of God. And how many times do we, do we just try to kind of put ourselves back together? How many times we do that, the bones coming together, how many times we do that on our own power? We try to just kind of pull ourselves together and say, okay, I'm just going to put myself together and I'm just going to plug away and just keep on doing the very best I can, kind of that fake it till you make it idea. I'm just going to keep on going and, and, and it's just going to be okay. But when we do that, we're still walking around dead on the inside. And we're not allowing the breath of the Spirit to come in and transform us. And that, when we do that, we are not living the kind of life that Jesus died to give us. Let's look at John 10.10. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus came to give us a full life. And that life is full because of the presence of the Spirit in us. When Jesus comes and he makes us home in our hearts, he fills us with his Spirit. And that empowering breath of the Spirit then helps us to live the way we are called to. And when we have that empowering breath in, inside of us, we are able to do the things that he has called us to do. We are able to be an army of Spirit-led believers, just like the vast army in Ezekiel's vision. And when we are in that place, then we're able to respond and react differently than the world around us. And our response is fueled by the power and the presence of the Spirit of God. And so when we look at living a life that's led by the Spirit, we can be Spirit-led in our struggles. When we go through those difficult times in our lives, when we go through the death of a loved one or the loss of a job, when we have strife in our relationships or financial uncertainties, when we go through disruptions to our schedules, anything that we face in life that is unexpected and unwanted, when we go through those times, 
we can find ourselves in a place where we can stand with confidence and know that God is working his plan in us and through us. It doesn't mean that we're ignoring our feelings. We can still feel devastated by loss. We can still feel frustrated and angry. But underneath all of that, we have that strong confidence to know that God is with me. He has a plan for me and he is working that out. And that's what it means to be spirit-led when we go through those struggles in our lives. And having the, the Spirit lead us is not just for the hard times of our lives. We need Him all the time. We need Him every day. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life every single day. And we see this at work when we do um, things like we serve here at Christian Chapel. And since I'm the children's pastor, we, um, I'll kind of look at some of those different events we do. But So, for example, Mega Summer Camp, what we do in the summertime, what makes that that event different than just going to find a day camp somewhere, anywhere in, in Tulsa? Or when we do like our Wednesday night kids groups, how is that different from Boys and Girl Scouts that, that meet once a week or twice, you know, twice, twice a month or something? How about Candy Corn Carnival that we do? How is that different than just going to the state fair? The difference is, is that we who are transformed by the power of the Spirit who have had the Spirit's breath in, into, into our lives, are serving at these events. doesn't mean we have it all together and that we're perfect. It means that we are open vessels to let, the, to let the Lord use us. And so that even in those moments, at those events, even in a mundane interaction with a kid, something that doesn't seem, doesn't seem spiritual at all, helping someone tie their shoe, giving somebody some candy, even in those moments, the power of the Spirit can move through us and work through us and a, in a very spiritual way. And we have an opportunity to have a very powerful spiritual encounter, even in those mundane interactions. And it's because of the power of the Spirit working us. It's not because we're something special. It's because we are full of something very special. And that's the power of this, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's really important for us to realize that all of that is possible because of Jesus. Jesus is the one that enables us to have the Spirit inside of us. And it's all possible because of his coming. And I want to read to you um, Colossians 2.13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. Because Jesus is alive, we can be alive. And Jesus led the way in the business of resurrection. He was the first one. And because of him, then we can be resurrected in our hopes and we resurrected in our, in our spirits. I want to read you a quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, Jesus is the first fruits, the pioneer of life. He has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. This is the beginning of the new creation. A new chapter in cosmic history has opened. Because Jesus died and rose again, this changes everything for us. And we can have the power of the Spirit living in us. Now, I wish I could tell you that on December 31st, when we all go to bed, when we wake up January 1st, a new year, that everything will be perfect. There won't be any more issues with, with COVID that'll just disappear overnight. That all the worry and fear and uncertainty, anxiety will be gone. That rage culture will be silenced that mistreatment of those who cannot defend themselves will no longer be an issue. I wish I could tell you that there'll be no more political strife, no more racial tension, none of that. But the, the reality is that 
until Jesus comes back for us, until he comes back to establish his kingdom forever, then that's not going to happen. We are still going to deal with things in our lives. 2021 is not going to be without trouble. Even when the pandemic's over, there's still going to be something else that's going to tempt us to take our sights away from what God has called us to be here to do, to make a difference for him, to shine his light to the darkness. And so when those things happen, we have to be ready to know how are we going to respond. When we go through difficult times, how are we going to respond? And the answer here is not to just make a New Year's resolution. I will not lose my mind about, and then fill in the blank, with whatever, whatever you usually lose your mind about. Okay? We're not talking about making a New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions are great, and I make them, and I keep them for a little bit. Um, but we're, not, we're talk, not talking about that this morning. That's not the response that we really need. What we need is a transformation. We need a transformation. We desperately need the power and the presence of the Spirit of the Lord to blow His life into our hearts so that we can do what we're called to do. Because otherwise, we will fail miserably. We cannot do it in our own. If we try, we will not be the effective ministers of the gospel of Christ that we need to be. And so, I don't know about you, but I am not interested in a year where I am walking around half dead. Where I look like I have everything put together, but on the inside, I'm dying inside. And I'm not relying on the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want that for any of us here this morning. I want us to be alive, alive on the outside and alive on the inside, the power of the presence of the Spirit inside of us, empowering us. And I know what that looks like in my life. I know the personal spaces where I need the Holy Spirit to really invade my heart. And so my question for you this morning is, where are those spaces for you? Now we've taken some time to really, and I hope you've had your your heart open to just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your own life this morning, showing you where in those where the spaces are in your heart where you really need that empowerment, the breath of the Spirit. And I'd invite you to stand with me this morning. We're going to take some time this morning just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to shine His light inside of our inside of our hearts and illuminating the dark spaces. And I just want to encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to come in and transform you. Because that's what we desperately need. We need the breath of the Spirit to come in and make a difference in our lives. So where do you need His empowerment this morning? Where do you need the Holy Spirit to come in and transform you? Don't leave this place this morning with those spaces untouched by the Spirit of God. So as, as they lead us in a worship song, I just want to encourage you just to get yourself in a position, a posture where you can hear from the Holy Spirit this morning. And maybe it's a physical posture for you. Maybe you need to go somewhere else besides your seat. Maybe you need to kneel or come to the front, go somewhere else in the room. Or maybe you just need to close your eyes and get away with the, with the Lord by yourself and just let him transform you. Because it, it's, it's, it's the presence of the Spirit that makes a difference between death and life. And we need it because we cannot, we cannot traverse this world without it. We desperately need the presence of the Spirit blowing into our hearts, blowing into our lives. And so I'm going to pray for you. And then I just want to encourage you just to, to continue to keep your hearts open to the Lord this morning, to speak to you in the areas that He wants to move. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come today. 
We ask that you would just move in our hearts. I ask that every single heart in this place would be open to hear what, what you want to say to us, that we would just be wide open, Lord, to just, to just have you shine your light. It's not comfortable when we see areas of our lives that we need your, you need your help, God. But we ask that you would just move, you would speak, and that this morning would be a moment of transformation for us, that we would have our hearts transformed. Holy Spirit, we ask that the breath of your presence would blow into this place, would blow into our hearts, that you would wake us up, that you would bring us back to life, that we would be able to walk in the plans that we have, that you have for us, God. And over these next few moments, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just move and you would speak and you would do what only you can do, God, because we need your presence. We need you desperately, Lord. Would you please come? Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.